This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 9.17 a.m. This is The Morning Run. I'm Shazana with Jensen and Xiaoning. Let's get a quick update on the FBM KLCI. It's still in the red. It's down by 0.5%, 1,492 points as we speak. But another market is also in the red joining us, and that is the Korean market down by 0.2%. Well, we're turning our attention, uh, looking at the market more broadly. Global equity markets have started the year strongly, with most showing gains thus far. Uh, While fund flows have been more apparent in China and emerging markets, US and European markets have also showed relatively strong performance as talks on a recession have fizzled out. With the Fed also likely at the tail end of its tightening cycle, bonds look to be back in favour as an asset class. However, all eyes will be on February 1st when the Fed meets and consensus is pointing to a 25 basis points increase. Nonetheless, there is always the possibility of a higher 50 basis points increase and the, fla- the Fed excuse me, might flex its muscles and show the market who is boss. But then, what would this mean for the recent rally we've seen in stocks and bonds? Uh, will it have implications? For some thoughts on this, we have on the line with us Stephanie Long, CIO of Stashaway. Stephanie, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, the consensus is expecting a 25 bips increase when the Fed meets later this week on February 1st. Um, what would a 50 bips increase do to equities and bonds? Yeah, hi, good morning. Uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, two days as we get a lot of economic data and then also the Fed decision uh, on next rate hike. I guess, yeah, as you said, the market is wildly expecting the Fed to hike 25 basis points at this meeting and then another 25 basis points at the March meeting. And the market is also expecting that to be the end of the uh, rate hike cycle. I.e., I mean, we're going to get a total of um, uh, close to 5 percent of uh, interest rates at the the end of the March meeting. Now, of course, uh, the uh, I mean, the Fed has been kind of communicating uh, I think a message where I mean they are looking to kind of um, uh, ramp down the Fed hike cycle, and but there's always a risk that they may surprise uh, the uh, the market with a 50 basis point hike. In that case, um, I think uh, of course like interest rates um, are are going to be uh, increasing again uh, because the Fed uh, is not expected to be like remain like uh, I guess on a 50 basis point rate hike path because if if there's a 50 point basis point rate hike, then it opens up the question of, oh, is the next one uh, still going to be a 25 or would they I mean, continue with a 50 basis point hike? Uh, so I think um, interest rates in the U.S. will uh, will, will increase. Uh, that has negative implications for both bonds and equities, which has suffered uh, one of the biggest routes uh, in, in 2022. And especially, I think, vulnerable would be uh, uh, stocks um, because um, uh, if you look at global equities, they have rallied quite a lot in the last two months. Mm. Uh, the S&P is now above 4,000 again. And if you look at valuation, it's now back to almost 18 times, which is uh, historically uh, the, the kind of above the average um, P.E. ratio. So I think in terms of equities, there's probably more downside um, than, than bonds if the Fed does surprise with an interest rate uh, hike of 50 basis points. And Stephanie, we've seen more fund flows into China and, and emerging markets, which have benefited sectors such as travel, airlines and hospitality. But what other sectors have been laggards but will still benefit from a China reopening? Yeah, so I think the um, if, if we think back into like the, the last few months, uh, one of the biggest U-turns in policy that we've seen is, of course, China reopening. Uh, the Chinese government actually announced uh, the intention to reopen uh, the economy uh, kind of early November, 
uh, and and what surprised the market was actually the speed in which uh, the policies have made the U-turn. Uh, I do think right now um, that a, a lot of uh, good news has been priced in. If you look at the Hang Seng Index, for example, it rallied 50% from its lows. And again, I mean, we like to look at uh, valuation as a guide. Uh, so, the, for example, the uh, the price to earnings ratio for, for the Hang Seng Index is now back to kind of uh, 12 times, which is uh, historically, again, where the average would be. So for the index to have more upside from here, uh, you would actually require uh, earnings recovery, which we have seen. We have started to see uh, kind of earnings per share for the Hang Seng Index to be revised upwards uh, in the past few weeks, uh, but it's still uh, fairly weak. And uh, one of the uh, good, I guess, guiding um, uh, leading indicator that we would look at, which is going to come out uh, these few days, is the uh, China PMI. So the China PMI is uh, the Chinese uh, purchasing manager uh, index, and at uh, about 50, it signals economic expansion. Below 50, it's a contraction. I mean, for the past few months, actually, Chinese economy in the, from the manufacturing side has been still contracting. Uh, there has been a recovery in the services uh, component. So, I mean, people are going out with spending, mm-hmm. but so far uh, that hasn't kind of filtered through to the manufacturing part of the economy. So going back to your question, I think uh, I do think that uh, given the reopening uh, and people going to back to work, we're going to see uh, the manufacturing index uh, tick up, and that would benefit the cyclical uh, side of the economy. So cyclical sectors, uh, including uh, manufacturing, banking, financials, I mean, that should be the laggard uh, to take over if we, um, uh, I guess, if, if we continue to see the economy moving in the right direction. So China looks positive, emerging markets look positive, but what about the US and EU? Because the narrative was that we are going to expect a recession this year. Do you think that's going to be the case? Yeah, I think the um, there's a strong debate right now uh, among um, market participants and uh, about whether we're going to get a deep recession or a soft landing. If you look at uh, Wall Street estimates, I think roughly I mean, half of the camp says we're going to have a deep recession, half the camp says we're going to have a soft landing. Based on the data that we're seeing and, and the modeling that we're, we're, we've done, uh, the U.S. economy is actually heading uh, in the wrong direction in the sense that uh, if we look at uh, some of the leading uh, growth indicators, uh, they are pointing to a economic contraction, and that contraction is actually deepening. Uh, the only thing that I guess is holding back a more kind of um, dovish uh, view or a more uh, uh, kind of a negative view at the Fed is because uh, employment data remains quite strong. Mm. So we're going to be getting uh, the, the latest employment data quite soon. And I mean, I, I think that would be a, a indicator that is a, a, that is lagging, but that would ultimately be the, the indicator that says, uh, oh, are we actually into a deep recession? Mm. Uh, because once the unemployment starts to take up, I think that's what like, market get to market participants are quite nervous. All so right. that is one, one key data piece to watch. Stephanie, thank you very much for speaking with us. That was Stephanie Long, CIO of Stashaway, giving us some insights into the direction of global equities, uh, pinpointing the employment data that uh, we should keep a lookout in the coming days. Uh, let's turn our attention over to some 
earnings reports that have come out. We have Sunway Real Estate Investment Trust, Sunway REIT. Their net property income for the fourth quarter ended December 31st rose 18.8% to some 146.2 million ringgit due to higher revenue and reversal of doubtful debts, resulting from improved rental collection in the retail segment. And the REIT showed quarterly revenue increasing by 18% to 187 million compared to 158 million. For the full year, Sunway REIT net property income grew 55% to more than 500 million ringgit. Revenue for the same period also rose by 38%. And in terms of the retail segment, they posted a revenue increase of 26% at around 117 million. And that's contributed by higher retail footfall and boosted by a net income contribution from Sunway Carnival Mall that was launched in June of last year. Okay, so if you look at this REIT, they have 20 properties in the portfolio. It's a bit of a hotel, retail. They've also got office block. Now, the street, does it like it? Pretty much mixed because there's eight buys, six holes, one sell. Consensus target price for the stock, very close to current share price, only one ringgit and 63 cents. This morning, the stock is actually up one cent to one ringgit and 60 cents. This is despite the fact that the uh, Bloomberg is showing indicative yield of 6.3%. I think the question is, they are disposing their medical buildings. Uh, so there should be a bit of an earnings void, although management is guiding that they are on the lookout for assets, mainly from industrial and services sector with uh, yield above 7% so that it would be positive to the portfolio. All right. That is all the time we have for earnings report this morning. Um, it's 9.27 a.m. We're heading into the 9.30 a.m. news bulletin. After that, we have People, Planet, Profit, where I'll be speaking to sustainability expert Dr. Renard Sue on his book, The Sustainability Analytics Toolkit for Practitioners. That's happening after the news. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.